0: Hey, everybody. Before we jump into the podcast, I wanted to take a second to tell you more about our exciting training program, MXU Now. We have a library of 300 videos designed to train you to be a better audio engineer, lighting designer, video director, and leader. Learn from experts that have worked with Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, Tom Petty, Jason Aldean, Rush, Chris Tomlin, Elevation Worship, Passion, Lauren Daigle, and many, many more. Don't miss your opportunity to become a better production artist now go to mxu.rocks and sign up today for mxu now we're so sure that you're going to love it that we're offering a 30-day money-back guarantee so go check it out now here's the podcast you are now entering the mxu podcast no credentials required well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 43 of the MXU Podcast. Uh, I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here, as always, with my good buddy, Lee Fields. How you doing, Lee? Hey, hey. I'm doing great. Good. Well, I'm I'm traveling today um, for the first time in a while. It's kind of weird to be back on an airplane and sort of feeling like a normal person again. It's great. Yeah, you're fighting fires up in Oregon. Yeah, except the, the place that I'm traveling to is apocalyptic so it's crazy (laughs) yeah and following us around and we have a special guest here with us we have
1: colin jones how you doing colin
2: doing good lee thank you and yeah we also have fires here um so it's a good excuse not to run or do anything outside (laughs) and you're in denver
1: yes denver yeah what suburb of denver are you in
2: um we're in arvada so the office is in westminster which is just north of yeah denver proper and then i'm west of denver proper yep
1: okay there's a Restaurant in Arvada I went to maybe a year ago. It's like an old school diner type vibe, but like yeah, students, students. Cool- <laughs> that's it. Yeah, did
2: Summit take you there?
1: <laughs> yes, they yeah, did. Dustin loves it. Yeah,
2: yeah, it Nick is a good place. Yeah, it yeah, looks much worse than it is on the outside, and it actually is pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. man, I love old time just greasy diner type food. It's oh, just it's the best. It's like that, but then you can get an old fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> Two great tastes that taste great together,
1: and
2: it's also like a farm to table, you know,
1: uh, uh, greasy. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I love it. If there was a Waffle House, and then everybody from REI started managing the <laughs> restaurant, that's kind of what it feels like. <laughs> Pretty much, just described Denver. Yeah, <laughs> I did. <that>. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> hilarious. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Denver is like that. Uh, Boulder is like the epitome of that
2: yeah that's where you can get your crystals and all that stuff yeah
1: right you have to have a prius and a pair of birkenstocks to live in Uh boulder though
2: yeah otherwise you're judged yeah
0: yeah Mm -hmm. flannel shirts and sensible shoes i mean (laughs) goes a long way (laughs) it's still a patagonia flannel though
2: (laughs) that's That's true that's true yeah that is very true
0: (laughs) it looks like an old flannel but it costs you two hundred (laughs) dollars yep but it has a lifetime warranty so it's okay (laughs) yeah sustainable
1: Well, you're, and Colin, you're the president of Resi, formerly living as one.
2: Right. Yeah. We just changed our name two weeks ago to make it confusing for
1: everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you did a pretty good job and it's, I I feel like it, it, it clicked over pretty, pretty well, but I have a question. So, uh, if I were the president of a company, I would totally be looking at, uh, I think his name's Dave Portnoy, the president of Barstool Sports. Do you follow him on social?
2: (laughs) No, I don't. I should.
1: (laughs) He has a wild Instagram account, but Uh. they call him like the Prez or El Presidente. So Mm -hmm. I think you should change your name to something cool like that and have an outlandish Instagram account. He goes into pizza shops and now he brings out a pizza and he gives it a review. And it's called One Bite. He's like, One Bite, everybody knows the rules. And then he rates these pizzas. And this is the president of Barstool.
2: Yeah. And (laughs) now he's made
1: an app. And now there's an app called the One Bite app. And it has his ratings of pizza places all over the country. It's awesome. Yeah, I I need to up my game in some sort. (laughs) Well, I think it's diners, right? So you start with Steuben's. And mm-hmm. you give them a rating, and then you start an app, and then you retire from Resi. <laughs> yeah, I think
2: that's genius. And then I don't have to do yeah streaming anymore. I can just be in a church whatever. Yeah, that would right. be interesting.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here because Colin is a live streaming expert of all experts, and their company has a long history in basically developing the technology that a lot of you guys use for getting your stuff online, and making it efficient and effective and easy for your volunteers to manage. So that's what we want to talk about today. So Colin, I'd love to hear kind of the story of how you guys got started, and I love the fact that it came out of your working on production teams in your church and how that grew into meeting a need for basically the church at large. So just tell us a bit of the background and kind of the origin story if you will
2: but awesome yeah so we we started resi out of just our home church and we we're all church tech guys and um we went through like five different things and then out of the pain you know living as one arose. and yeah i think the name did go over better just because everybody kind of thought that we should have done it two years ago <laughs> or when it started yeah. nobody had an idea i thought it was marriage conference or whatever but essentially now <laughs> we get to yeah, <laughs> which i'm sure you guys saw that video but we tried to do a parody on it just it was funny like People's responses on social media really cracked me up. We did like a post of all the funny ones, but my favorite was probably where where am I going to get my cohabitation, you know, streaming service now? (laughs) So
1: that is hilarious. There's a mock market
2: market opportunity somewhere there. But um and then but yeah, so we started out of out of our church and then um other churches started using it um because it was helpful. And then now there's, you know, three or four thousand using it. So we get to it's really been a fun journey just because now we get to be a big part of the church streaming space and really understand, you know, um, strategically what's going on and data that comes from there and get to serve, you know, church tech directors, which is just awesome for us because, you know, that's who we are. And um, so, yeah, we love doing that. And then um, in terms of Resi, I think everybody probably is familiar with it. So I won't go into explaining that, but um, yeah, we can, we'd love to start talking church streaming strategy, (laughs) see how we can be helpful.
0: Well, I love the fact that the company grew out of, your needs as a local church, and guys who were just ready to dig in and figure it out. And it wasn't like, okay, we've we've got this thing, and now we're just gonna sort of keep it to ourselves. But the whole mission was, how can we help other churches because we know that we're not the only ones who struggle with this stuff. So it's just, I just love seeing what you guys have done. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I remember reaching out to like you know the churches like Gateway and Life Church. I was like, we were trying to stream, and I was like, who, who does it? You know. So we reached out to these churches, and they were like. Pull us their budget item back, you know, what they spent on it. And I was like, Yeah, we don't have, you know, tenth of that. (laughs) Or our our elders would uh
0: yeah. Uh yeah, we're not building a TV studio. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And so we had to figure it out. And we, you know, we weren't a small church. Um it's like a five to ten thousand person church, right? But it's still, you know, that the level of streaming of what was being done fifteen years ago is much different than today. Um, so it's been really cool to watch the evolution of that.
1: Yeah. I wanna also give a preface because uh we do this often, but you guys didn't pay for this podcast. Like we don't often have representatives of manufacturers or services as guests on our podcast, but um, there's no better person to talk about streaming than you guys. You have such great data on it. And I have loads of questions because it's stuff we're dealing with right now at my church. We're changing service times and programming and what we're doing online all based on the needs of the people. And then you're seeing this from, like you said, somewhere between three and 4,000 other churches. So that's why you're here. We're not trying to sell Resi by any means, but if your church is smart, you're going to call them anyway. So that's just going to happen. But I just want to give a, give a preface to that, that this is a, uh, uh, you didn't send us a briefcase full of cash for this. So <laughs> just throwing that out there. Um. So I uh, first question is, what have you noticed other than the obvious that churches that weren't streaming before are now streaming. Like what's changed? So even outside of COVID over the last five years, you know, from, like you said, it was, if you couldn't get satellite leases up in the sky, cause they were really expensive and you were doing point to point fiber across town, that's also really expensive to now what you guys are doing. Like what all's changed from five years ago till now?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a crazy question. Cause it's like everything, you know, and everything in the world has changed in five years. So not even including Corona, you know, just looking at right. what church tech was in terms of internet, you know, um, and just being what it is now of, you know, 15 years ago, no one would have thought about streaming with high quality and with a reliable thing over public internet. You know, they would have something like, you know, probably like what Bayside has, which is like dedicated connections to whatever, right. Um, yep. which is thousands of dollars a month, um, for one site, you know, much yep. less if you have different sites. Um, yep. and so, yeah, just the ability to send over public internet is completely change it and do it at a high quality too, right? Like you have calls like this, which we're all probably seeing artifacts from as we talk. And then you have a a level of experience that people expect. And what's actually interesting about that is it's, it's, it's particularly difficult with live video, you know, because everybody's used to Netflix and prime, right. And people are actually during, especially during Corona, um, you know, becoming okay with less produced experiences, right. Um, obviously the audio needs to be clear and that's really important, but they're, they're becoming okay with like stuff like this. Right. Um, and that yep. becomes entertainment, you know, with all the shows that have tens and thousands and, you know, millions of views, whatever. Right. Um, that are popular along with all the parody videos of people going to the bathroom on zoom, they get really big, but those are for different reasons. <laughs> and so, yeah, just the, the ability to do it over public internet with like a Netflix style quality is really important because, you know, seven, you guys probably know this, but 70% of people leave by the second buffering wheel. Um, and that's for sports content. So if we're looking at... Oh, yeah. At- Hold on.
1: Time. Yeah. Say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> sure. So it's
2: 70%. So it's actually 67%. But 67% of people are gone by the second buffering wheel. And so it's 29 the first. And then it's like another... However, I don't know how the math works. But it's 67% of the second are just gone.
0: Right? Basically, a third of the people leave... When it starts to buffer mm-hmm. once, two and thirds. then two thirds of the people leave, they're gone. Yeah, so you've got a third buffers, left over <laughs> if it buffers a second time. <laughs> yep. So then you've only got a third of the people, and they're probably related to the people on stage and just cheering that the internet doesn't yeah, go out
2: again. There, there are moms. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> we're wow. we're thankful for them, but they make our analytics look better. But yeah, and so it's you know, and during Corona, like what's changed? You know, we've changed our entire product roadmap, as I'm sure most companies have you know, just to better suit the needs and churches are rethinking. I I think like during Corona churches, basically transitioned from, you know, managing a community and trying to impact, you know, some churches have the external and some churches have the internal perspective, right. And both are fine. And then you have the, you know, basically now they're a tech media company (laughs) essentially is like what a church transitioned to is they're, they're managing community through media, you know? Um, And so just the strategies and all that have entirely shifted and, um, that's really hard for most pastors I feel like you know the pastors that get it they're they're doing great right now and loving it <laughs> um, like a red rocks I got a red rocks here and you know Sean the senior pastor is like you know can this be forever like I just love yeah. it um, and they have huge online audience still you know even though it's way down from what it was but you know like it's really had to transition the way that they think and and the products and you know the solutions and scheduling and you know production everything that they do you know follows that strategy like you're talking about a bayside.
1: Yep. Totally. So, okay. You just hit on something else that we're experiencing and trying to solve this problem or rolling with the problem. I don't really know what to do, but, um, Easter hits and we had 300,000 people watch online. Yeah. Which
2: what size is your church on a weekend?
1: Uh, 20,000. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we went 10 X now the breakdown of that though, is interesting because let's say 250,000 of those came from Facebook and yeah, we could have the, a podcast uh, on that all day on how to dude, do. Numbers. I, yeah. Well, we're about to because <laughs> yeah. it is now <laughs> <a> soapbox issue <laughs> for me. So the other fifty thousand though came from um, YouTube or our platform that we have integrated inside our website. Mm-hmm. So a senior pastor loves that three hundred thousand number, right? Because he can go to the core of the church, you know, the the giving core, and use that as uh, momentum building and as a great storytelling. Like we're reaching three hundred thousand people. Now, it's not exactly true because the watch times for 250 of those 300,000 were like one minute. Yeah. So they didn't even see the buffer wheel, you know,
0: <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, we did have,
1: <laughs> no, but we did have 50, I think 55,000 unique devices. We did see that number and that was a real number, mm-hmm. but now that number's down to like 5,000 across nine campuses. Yeah. So are you mm-hmm. seeing that across all? every church has that happened. I know some of them, it hasn't like the Mike Todd's and the elevations are still, you know, where they were, if not growing, but they were doing this before they have a strategy for that. And that that's great. But yeah. Like for us, we're seeing it just like it, it's holding tight now around that 5,000 a week, unique number, but I don't see it going up anytime soon. So your thoughts, Yeah.
2: you got your faithful few. Well, this is a, I could take this in a lot of different directions, but I'm really passionate about this because we want We've been like basically the story of how we started streaming in our church was Paul, our CEO, um, just really wanted to push it to our church. He was like, Hey, people will come to Christ through this thing. Right. This great idea called internet streaming. You know, this was like 12, 15 years ago. Right. Um, yeah. And the elders were like, no one's going to come to church. Why would we ever do this? Right. Um, and then they're just going to be comfortable coming in their living rooms and not come or, you know, all those things that you don't really deal with anymore <laughs> because yeah. of Corona. Um, and then he just did it anyway. And then um, the pastor's brother, um, who, you know, had been, he'd been trying to come to Christ or get him to come to Christ for like 40 years. Right. Came to Christ like first weekend of streaming or whatever. Um, wow. and then like invited people over. So then the elders approved it. Right. Um, however, like strategy wise, you know, if Facebook and YouTube are so appealing, you know, for so many reasons, right. You have the social value of it. It shares like you can, you can literally go exponential, right? Like you guys did yeah. 300,000 views, you know, that's insane for a church of 20,000 to do 300,000 on a weekend. Um, Like the exposure to that's amazing, right? But the retention of that is almost none, right? And so like we we say in every software demo that we do um, is we just try to educate strategy as well as show the stuff, right? And just be helpful that way. Like, and like I said, we don't care if you go with Rezi or whatever, just want to be helpful strategically. So we share a bunch of data. And one of those data points is like average watch times across the platforms, which you alluded to. And so Facebook, I've never seen it higher than three minutes for a church. Like even if they embed it on their
1: website, which is crazy, right?
2: Like it's, uh, well,
1: even if they embed it on their website, yeah, it doesn't matter.
2: Like just because there's so many things to click, right? Even like just the Facebook button to click on is oftentimes more attractive than staying on the stream you know, like in YouTube, for example, I use this, like most of the time we see 10 to 20, some churches will have higher than that. Um, but most of the time it's around 10 to 20 minutes average watch time. Right. And the, and the more viewers that you get generally the less that that is. Right. Um, and so, and even if you like embed it, you know, um, and then like an embed code on like, you guys use, you know, a great platform that you spent a lot of time and money developing, right. And a large strategy around, you know, um, and on that, you know, your average watch time is probably somewhere between 35 and 50 minutes, you know, and so I, what we've noticed through our platform is the churches that, you know, cause we have churches that just stream to social media and churches that stream to their website, the church online platform or brush fire, Stardius or whatever those tools are. Right. Yeah. Um, which are, some are free, some are paid, whatever. Um, but the churches that stream to those things haven't seen a ton of degradation in their audience on their website, um, compared to, but, but it's really on the social media. Right. Um, and right. it's because I think it's because of habits, right? So Facebook is building the habits. It's literally like slot machine. I mean, I'm sure we're all aware of, you know, how to build habit forming digital products and what, what the tactics are that they use, you know, to keep you on there. Like every time you scroll, it's a dopamine hit because it's an invariable reward, right? Oh, I, and so I'm they,
1: very familiar.
0: Yeah. And
2: me too. Because By the spend- way,
0: if you haven't watched The Social Dilemma, just yeah. watch <laughs> The Social Dilemma and figure out how Facebook and your phone are making you a crackhead.
2: Yeah. And how they don't even let their kids use it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Just, yeah. And
2: I so I, I have it on my, cause I'm totally addicted to it just like everybody else. And so I have to get it off my phone and like have a, yeah, but whatever, that's a different topic. But anyways, like the churches that, you know, hung to Facebook and YouTube are now seeing a big degradation of their audience. Right. Um, cause it didn't build a habit. People were watching for a minute, two minutes and then leaving. Right. That doesn't build a f- habit of, Hey, I'm going to get in a room with my family or get at a time and a place on Sunday morning at X time or whatever time they might watch and watch this. Right. Um, and, and it's also so many negative distractions, right. On your, on your website, you're, you're able to do things like, you know, and engage them in a way that you want with Facebook. It's the cat video, or for me on YouTube, it's Tesla videos, right. I don't, own a Tesla, but I watch, I don't know how many hours of videos about, yeah. you know, Teslas. And, and so that's it. And huge topic is average watch time. It's like, don't, you know, butts and seats, right. Like saddleback, for example, will have, 80,000 views on Facebook. Right. And they're like, amazing. Um, and like yep. 20 of those watch longer than 30 minutes. Yep. Like, so, you know, how are you counting it? Right. And yep. also the demographics, which I'm sure did you look at the demographics of who's watching on Facebook?
1: Uh, I, no, I haven't looked at those. I'm sure our team has. Yeah. So as you can guess,
2: it's basically 50 year old moms. Right. Um, yep. and then that's the biggest demographic YouTube trends, more guys. Um, but most churches are trying to target that, you know, twenty to fifty year old guy, you know the thirty year old guy is like their target profile to grow right yeah, and that's right. just not on
1: Facebook, right? Nope no the other thing that I was very curious about was you know when you talk about getting those three hundred thousand people to take a next step like yeah <laughs> what's the know, funnel, how do we, right? yeah yep. how do we get them to volunteer to sign up for a small group and raise their hand to accept Christ uh, and giving and giving's a big one. let's just be honest. So I waited, I think like 12 weeks in, I asked our finance department and said, hey, can you give me a report of all of the giving units, uh, credit cards, that the zip code was 50 miles outside of where any of our campuses are. So I wanted to know how many people were watching online and uh, contributing or partnering with us that weren't even near a campus. So after 12 weeks, uh, guess how many uh, we had? Yeah, I have no idea. That's a really interesting one. One. Oh, wow. And that's for people that have probably moved
2: too, right? Are are you doing 12 weeks that have been in, like at some point they've been in there? Because that 1% might just be the
1: moving. (laughs) Well, it was one person. That It was in one actual credit card, not near a zip code. I mean, it was in a different state. But out of all those Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of people and different unique devices, we got one. Yeah. And this is where it gets like this, I'm super
2: passionate about this because I come from a marketing world, right? So every demo, we also talked about funnel. So in marketing, I mean, you probably know the funnel, but just for people who don't know, it's, hey, people watching your stuff is the very top of the funnel, right? For a minute, for whatever, just seeing your brand driving past your building, whatever it is. And there's an in-person funnel and a digital funnel, right? Digitally, it's whatever they've impacted you. And then the next step is once they give you your you know, email, it can be whatever, right. Email, or they come again the next week or whatever. And then the next step is whatever you want them to do. Right. Or it funnels down into giving or joining yep. a community group or, you know, whatever your values are as a church. Right. And like with, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause if you have, you know, Facebook, if people are watching for a minute, you know, like, are they going to click on the give button that you post in right. a link two times during the sermon? Like if they're watching for a minute, probably not. Right. And so, right. yeah, some of our churches, cause you have cues, I'm sure you're familiar with cues, but like, they'll send out like a worship song or like five minutes of the message and then cut it off on Facebook yep. and then say, come to our website, right? Where they're inundated with giving, join a community group, whatever you want them to be inundated with, you know? Yeah. Um, which is interesting because it converts them. And then, yeah, other people will do like the pastor thing where the pastor will just get on Facebook that morning while church is going on. Cause they're doing sim lives or during worship or whatever. Yeah. And just say, Hey, we're streaming here. Come to our site or come to our whatever and do it. And then that way you've taken their attention away from a place that has so many distractions that you're never going to keep them. You know, Facebook's much better at keeping people than you are. Same with YouTube. You know, um, yep. and then take them to your site um, yep. where you can get them to give or whatever. Um, which it's, it's kind of interesting because I think you guys employ a lot of those strategies, and you're only one person. So Gabe is interesting. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah it is really interesting. It th- it threw me for a loop. Big time. But but the, by the, the same c- token, in that twelve week period, your overall giving was not down, right? No, no, it was up. It was significantly like
1: 25 to 50%
0: some weeks. So oh the people gosh. who are the oh. dedicated core or they they may not be part of that sort of 300,000 exponential number, but they're still engaged because they're all in. So really yep. the question becomes not how do we keep the people who are all in for us no matter what we do, but how do we measure the effectiveness of our outreach to to reach people who aren't already a part of our family because that's really from a discipleship standpoint. That's that's the purpose of what we're doing here. So it's right. like the point is don't get confused by getting bogged down in some of the metrics that aren't really measuring the right things. Mm-hmm. Interesting yeah, totally. question for
2: y'all. So how many like if you guys like in our community group, for example, which is just people that aren't church people or whatever, and came to Red Rocks probably twice and then heard a message on joining community group and did you know? Um, but how if, for those people that you know in your church. How many watch the online service?
1: How many people do that? I know watch the online service. Yeah, exactly. Like if you ask them and you're like, really, how oh, much have you watched the last six months? Nine they're months? They're not watching. Yeah. <laughs> they're not watching. And we've been back open for in person services for mm-hmm. about 12 weeks in some shape or fashion. So whether that was uh, at one point we could have 100 inside and then we mm-hmm. moved outside for a couple hundred. And now we're back inside. There's like 500. We're breaking the law, but it's California. So. Stop. Yeah, they're, they're you, not have real to. Laws. you have to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what's happening now is, you know, we've been doing in-person services for 12 weeks and people are still saying, yeah, we can't wait to come back once you guys open. We're like, well, we, we've been open. Wow. Yeah, it's
2: like the portable thing,
1: right? Like, yes.
2: Yeah. It's like you have a portable, Hey, can you come to church? You know, no, I drive by it every day. And like, once it's like a real church, I'll come.
1: Right. And, yeah, yeah. It's that. <laughs> and then, So we were doing an RSVP system online to come to in-person services. So the county was very uh, uh, friendly to us and said, yeah, you can start doing services. Can you track people? So if there is Mm -hmm. a case, then we can notify all the people that came to that service. Right. So we did that. And the RSVPs were filling up like we were selling out, quote unquote. So I asked our team, I'm like, okay, how many more times? did that ticket button get pushed after, um, it was full. So we didn't have a way of knowing how many people would come to church if we had space is what I'm saying. So we've kept adding services and now we've opened up the capacity up to 500 and we're doing six services. So this past weekend I said, okay, how many, um, how many times did that page get visited on the website so that we know what the potential is? And they said, well, not enough. Every, Every ticket request was filled this weekend and we had some room left and we only had 2,200 people come to our mm-hmm. largest campus, which in March had 10,000 people mm-hmm. out. So 25% of the people are still staying home. Mm-hmm. So that's 2,200 plus that campus had unique devices this week, 3,500. So it's like 7,500, whatever the math is there. And then how many more people are just not coming? So it's yeah. it's very interesting. It's like a third are coming a third are watching online, but there's a whole other third that have like disappeared. Mm
2: -hmm. And this is kind of a rant, but the, uh, you know, the person that uh, I'm involved with a different church, but, and the, um, and you know, get it's in Texas and they get tons of complaints, right. About not being open and all that. And they are open just for studio audience. Um, and so they'll say, we are open, come to the studio. And then they don't come (laughs) (laughs) all the people that complain. And so it's like, you know, you could, we are open. You can come. Um, we, we agree, you know, it's, you know, Whatever, but um, and then they don't come, so it's really just like there's a huge, yeah, it's actually really you know, I think it just accelerated trends, right? Is what Corona did for the digital world, right? So people used to come to church 3.4 times a month, and then before yep. Corona, it was like 1.4 or 1.2 or 1. Yep. 2 or 1 point whatever it is, um, from like leader, you know, the leadership network latest study, yep. And now we're probably going to see that take another huge decrease, you know, of just I
1: think you're right, yeah, and yeah. I think if everything goes back to normal and we could have the room full again. I think people are going to come once every six weeks now. Mm-hmm. You know, th- we were getting them once every three. I think six months of developing new habits and yeah, you know, it's gonna be hard. E- even <laughs> me like I'm I've been home. Well, we've all been home way more in the last six months mm-hmm. than we've ever been. And I'm finding I like it around here. Yeah. your kids like having you. (laughs) you You're right. My wife and
0: kids actually like each other. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, and we've heard this too, like, you know, the workforce is going to return to work and office less and do more mobile officing. Mm -hmm. I am 100% going to do that. Like the days of like showing up at the office at nine and like starting work, I'm never going to do that again. (laughs) Why would I go sit in my office at work for the first hour of the day when I could do that at home? Mm Mm-hmm. So an- anyway, all that to say, I-, I do think we're seeing new patterns. I think, you know, we had 20,000 people a weekend in February. My guess is we're looking at it, that being around like six or 7,000 once yeah. we're allowed to meet again. Yeah. But But we still have the same amount of giving units, if not more, which is encouraging because that's a discipleship issue. So I yeah. think people are not linking their tithing and that discipleship with their attendance in church, which
0: is great, but it's really weird. Well, I think one of the biggest questions churches need to answer is that very thing, because people aren't going to give if they don't consider this their church. So you have all these people who say, this is my church, and I'm willing to give to it. I'm just not willing to show up. Like There's a disconnect there that It's like, it's great that the church is still receiving the support that they need and engagement from people who are in financially, but if they're not going to physically show up either digitally or in person, then what is that saying?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, because I I was used to be on the strategic team of a large church and it's like, you know, basically we have a movie theater right now, right? Um, On Sunday mornings, right? Like that's essentially what it is with childcare, right? It's a movie theater with childcare. Um, and it's like, and, you know, we create an awesome experience where you come, you sit, you stand, you know, you do, and then you leave. Right. And hurry up because the parking lot needs to turn. Right. Um, and like the, and then, and you're seeing all these churches, like the churches that are really growing or like, you know, the AG churches, right. That are creating amazing experiences. Right. And then those experiences, you know, can that, can you create an amazing experience every weekend and someone want to come to an amazing experience every weekend because they want an amazing experience? Probably not. Um, and so it actually kind of questions like, what's the, you know, do we start measuring community groups, right? Like, do we start measuring whatever, like where, where people are actually interacting and a lot of churches don't, you know, do that very differently. So I should leave that disclaimer, you know, I'm talking about the, the mass church in the world, right? Like there's, and it's probably not even the mass church in the world because I bet all the 50 person churches add up to be bigger than all the big churches. But, um, especially when you're talking globally, and a lot of those big right. churches are, have been trying to find ways of making it personal and more sticky, you know, for years, right? Um, and I think that just accelerates those conversations of how do we make a big experience sticky, you know? And it's and it's hard when, you know, you yeah, I mean, you guys get the complexities of that. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Totally. And I think you're right. Your um, diagnosis of the AG churches, Assembly of God, mm-hmm. so more charismatic, more experiential type worship, that we're seeing people grow because mm-hmm. people want to be a part and they want to be in the room when that happens really engaging worship and engaging message and then the other side the community group aspect so uh for me personally that that's something i'm thinking about is maybe you know back in april i'm, I'm talking all over myself here but back in april i went okay now's our chance let's go online global audience i totally went there but then i kind of went should yeah. we be trying to compete, guys to compete with, be with Stephen yeah. Furtick and Mike Todd? I mean, really?
0: Yeah, I mean, and we're a church of sure. twenty thousand, and I think we have amazing communicators. Yeah. They're not preachers; they're they're great pastors and teachers, but they're not preachers. <laughs> right,
1: right. So we've made a bunch of shifts, and now I'm going. Okay, maybe getting people back in the room is the right thing to do, and especially because of COVID and because of a lot of cultural issues happening in the world, and. You know, different things like that. And then I'm a dad of a sixth grader and he started um, going to small group. So the student ministries aren't Mm -hmm. meeting in person at all. They're only doing small groups. So he's on like, he'll go tonight. It's probably week four or five of small group. I'm telling you what, he loves that small group so much that I would continue to give to my church because of that. Mm -hmm. He's not going to the church for a service. So I think there's that too. It's what you said. It's it's community, but providing that for my kids is making me go like, "Oh, I will
0: give to that middle school ministry mm-hmm. whatever they ask me" because of how much he loves it. That's exactly the same for us. I mean, the reason we're at the church we're going to right now is because of Stella's experience as a student, and it's priceless for us. Right.
1: So if you I think as leaders in in production and tech and worship, it is a good idea to elevate your thinking outside of just your sphere. So how do we create great engaging environments in the room? How do we create sticky environment online that when people don't come, that they still have a great experience, but then also don't forget, even though you're not involved with student ministries and small group and how important that is, like it all plays a role together in the health of your church. It's something I'm learning more and more. And I, and I think it's just, it's life experience and because I'm a dad of a, a middle schooler. So now I'm even thinking like, well, he's on YouTube a lot watching this guy unspeakable play video games. So mm-hmm. what's the middle school YouTube channel look like and how can I help them? You know, different things like that. Mm-hmm.
2: It's really good. We, you know, if, if we thought of the message and the Sunday service as just a top of funnel activity, you know, it'd get a lot easier. Cause like, think about that. You know, you had 300,000 people watch your message, yep. right? Like, if you can convince one percent of those people to join a community group or whatever during that message at some point, yep. you know, right? Um, or whatever, yeah, or to what, and then you've kept them as a not to say a customer, but like as a member forever, yes, right? Like, if you get them involved in something like that, and so it's like, it, I don't think having the Sunday service is like the the staple that we used to go to every single weekend, no matter what, you know, one is that our, our culture changed right now, there's soccer games on Sunday morning. Right. Um, and it's like you choose whether your kid plays soccer or goes to church, right? Um, it's a really tough choice. You want them to be, you know, effective in the world. And how can you do that if you just don't let them play sports, right? Yep. <laughs> um, and there's all those conversations, right? And then some believers would say, nope, putting our foot down, they're not going, you know, whatever. And then some other people would say, you know, let's do it, they can engage in other ways. And so I don't think it's that bad as a funnel activity but I think the problem is, is our, it's our only thing that we really use to measure because community groups are so hard to measure. Yep. Um, you can measure how many people join, but how is retention, right? Like all of those things and um, giving is easy to measure. Um, and it is interesting that like people are following still biblical principles, you know? Yeah. Um, but not the, and I think also people consider like is, you know, is like the rat race of going to work and then school and then, you know, um, games and all stuff all day, Saturday, and then church just to rush to church on a Sunday morning and rush out. Um, is that helping their family grow, you know? Um, and there's versus, you know, them slowing down and being at home together and talking about the message together or talking about the kids study together and having that time, right. Instead of just going to lunch and doing whatever. And those are all interesting conversations, but yeah, from a, from a tech side too, I still think, you know, like, um, and not to turn it back to that, but, um, you know, like people are still watching this at home and they want to worship and want to have experiences at home. And like, um, and I've, I've watched a lot of different churches, right. And getting audio so people can turn up worship and actually worship is so important. Um, and we wanted to say that from a streaming retention standpoint, it really matters for your stream retention that your worship audio is good, you know? Um, and like, like, for example, me and my wife, you know, had to like Turned way down the volume, which meant we didn't feel comfortable worshiping because we're having house church with friends. Right. I'm like inviting people over and doing that. And everybody stopped singing because the audio is bad. Right. So then now it just became this awkward thing, you know, where we're all looking at each other <laughs> right? Um, versus, you know, like, yeah, listening to it and, and worshiping and turning it up and whatever. And I'm sure that's, you know, probably impacts families less because as a dad, you don't care about singing with your kids, but it still extremely matters for attention. Um, and then there's probably, a you know, and you guys have great resources for that. And there's probably a lot of other audio things, you know, related to video that we can talk about. But audio is just so important when it comes to if you want to get that top of the funnel experience or if you want to get that bottom of the funnel experience, you know, retent, you know for retention. So, yeah, yeah,
1: even just volume, like you said, like making yeah. sure it's the same volume as everything else they're watching.
2: Yeah. Which is so difficult for churches to get right. Like it um, is it's just amazing how many churches don't I think get that. Yeah, I,
1: I may post something. This is maybe my next rant on Instagram, but I think churches are way too concerned about luffs and measuring and making sure you're in this certain range. I'm like, just turn it up and make sure it doesn't distort. Like who freaking cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, if yeah. this YouTube video is loud, then yours should be that loud. Like don't Yeah, so many people want to do it with
2: our system in the cloud, you know, because we can do that. We can increase gain and that is not the right way to go. (laughs) Right. Don't do that. Um do it from your board. Yep. And you guys know the reasons for that. Um and it's like, yeah, you can't you can't just artificially increase things all the time. It needs to be coming out of your board hot, you know. And
0: okay. So for somebody who's listening who goes, Okay, I get that and I want it to be as great as it can be. Mm -hmm. Talk for a minute about how a tool like yours can help because of pre-record you know a lot of people are pre-recording and so mm-hmm. you know how would, how would you say to somebody okay pre if you're pre-recording your stuff go ahead and do a test like go and listen to it in context and see okay i'm going to listen to this youtube video and i'm going to listen to our stuff and like just from a technical standpoint what's the easiest way to pull that off
2: yeah and from our side it's super easy it's whatever you upload gets gets sent out right um and so you guys know this you can do however high of audio bit rates you want pretty much for the web I and mean, we can go as high as like what app music plays at right for live video, which like when we streamed the MXU event, you know, I think you did whatever it was in the three. I don't remember the exact number, but one million. it was a high audio bit rate. Yeah. 1 million kilobits <laughs> per second or <laughs> one gigabit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, And then, um, but it was really high. Right. And that's awesome. Um, because you're MXU, you don't necessarily want to do that if you're a church, right. Cause there there's, um, you know, like a a cost benefit there where no one's actually able to hear that because it's live video over the public internet. Right. Um, And so while our system delivers that um, perfectly to the end user, they still have to have the bandwidth to get all that. And so we have really great um, recommendations on all of that stuff when you're streaming or uploading and you can go higher on the upload because it's easier. Right. Um, And then, but really the, how to, how to do audio well comes before us, you know, and that's where you two are the, probably the world's leading experts on, right? Um and that's, you know, making sure I think some of the common misconceptions are thinking that they need to use us to increase gain, when really Mm -hmm. that's an artificial increase, right? And so that'll cause other problems related to their audio, um, which you see, and sure we can do it, um, but it's it's not the best for, you know, a lot of reasons. And then there's also the case of, you know, people mixing for in the room. Um and it might sound really great to them and they don't even test what the stream sounds like, right? Yeah. And they're not mixing to the stream, even though there's you know, exponentially more people watching online than in person. Um, yeah. I think a lot of that is pastor pressure and stuff like that, but you got a mix for the in-person, I mean, for the online experience right now, if you're a church and um, you have to sacrifice the room and
0: you have to explain that to your pastor, you know? Well, I've heard from a lot of people that, you know, they thought that their mix was rocking because mm-hmm. it sounded a certain way in their room. They moved to broadcast and really started working to get that dialed in in their near-field monitors or their headphones or their in-ears and testing (laughs) the speaker systems and all that. And that's really improved. And so now what they're sending out is great. And as they're starting to reopen, go back in their room, they push the master fader up and it sounds like crap. And they're like, oh no, there are flaws in my room. Like my PA is improperly deployed. I've got lobing in my low end that's just crazy. Like, why is this stuff taken off the way it is? It's not... It's not the mix because your mix is great in your broadcast. There's a problem with your room or your acoustics or your PA. So it's like you got to figure out where you want to spend your energy. And I think if you've improved your mix, then don't deteriorate your mix to compensate for the room. Let's figure out how to fix your room and fix your PA so that they can both exist in the same space. Because a lot of people, they're not going to build a full broadcast suite with a dedicated team of personnel to be able to mm-hmm. manage their a separate mix. Why not get the mix and the gear hand in hand working together so that both can be great? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's a more that's, expensive that's problem. That's my
0: soapbox right now. Right.
2: No, I totally agree. and But it's a more expensive problem. So until you do that, don't sacrifice the uh, online audience where you have 50,000 people watching and right. you know 10 people in a room or whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I am telling churches that have Like they have a front of house console and a monitor console, and then they're taking the Mm -hmm. stream off of front of house. Like take that monitor console, turn in your broadcast and do monitors from front of house. Like the days Mm -hmm. are over when priority used to be you buy front of house console, then you buy monitors and then you buy broadcast. Now Mm -hmm. it's front of house broadcast monitors. And only because it really kind of can't be broadcast front of house monitors and like sending your broadcast feed to your front of house mix is dangerous because that's just, Mm. you could get, there's feedback problems and all kinds of things that can happen. But, um, but I think we're there and we did that. We moved the monitor console into a new broadcast suite. We'd never done that before. And, uh, since then added another monitor console, but it's just a priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's good.
2: and you guys rerouted a lot of resources. I think in a, another cool stat, this weekend we noticed it was 80-20 in terms of 80% were live streams again this weekend. 20% were sim lives, which that was like flipped You know, four months ago. Okay, so um, there's another
1: issue I want to talk about. So yep. the pre-recorded, the argument at first was, well, we can edit this. It can be more polished. Is, and I, mm-hmm. I think there's two things there when I say edit and more polished a polished audio experience and a polished video and programming and transitions. Those I'm separating those two. Is it true? Well, maybe we're seeing this now that people actually like the more raw programmed church service than they did the edited, polished, perfect one.
2: Yeah. And that's a really hard thing to answer. I would love to have data. I could look that up, but I don't have it on the top of my head of how did the 80% perform versus the 20, you know? Yeah. Um, And that would probably be a good thing over time. And we'd be able to tell that. But honestly, I don't have a good feel for that. Um, I do think that, um, you know, like there's a much, there's a much, there's a pretty big difference in the band and the pastor after they've done it, you know, once (laughs) than the first time, right? Like, I'm sure you guys remember the day when your pastor was pre-recording during Corona and he realized that he could do multiple cuts. Oh yeah. um, We stopped him. We were like, no, you only get one. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And all of the tech guys hated that, right? But then um, it also makes it really hard for the pastor to do one cut, right, um, and execute that well. And same, same with the band and mixing. And, and it also just feels pretty pre-produced, like you're not a part of something, right. right? So I do think there's a live feel that just makes it a lot cooler, right? Um, yeah. And yeah, there was, if you've seen the dude with signs or whatever, I remember like in the beginning of Corona, there was the Christian dude with signs. It held up like, we know your live streams aren't live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And it was hilarious. But like, and so people, I think, do probably, you know, sniff that out and see. But also, you know, you can do it in a way where it's just a, a service that you run through once and there's not a ton of pre-produced stuff, you know, yep. um, that probably has the same thing. Nobody knows that it's a sim live. Like if in Resi, especially, like we don't do anything different to the end user experience at all. Right. Um It's all that it looks the exact same on Facebook, YouTube and your website and all of your whatever. Um, and so I don't, yeah. So some people, you know, depending on how pre-produced it is, but I do think it's interesting because, you know, like, you know, take, there's the seacoast, right. The really large churches and the smaller churches that are now pretty much all back in person for a studio audience or at least one service, you know, um, during a regular time, um, which is interesting. And yeah. And the, the results that you're seeing are, kind of worrisome <laughs> like not that many people want to come No, they're not in the, yeah. and they're
1: allowed to mm-hmm. so I, I think we're going to go back to streaming live services and not doing any editing mm-hmm. and just putting auto-tune on the vocals and yeah you because know, that is one thing like an out of out of tune flat <laughs> vocal online yeah. it sounds terrible it's way worse yeah. than it you is you can in really the room. hear it. oh yeah, yeah you can really hear it my tv speakers think, are better than my line array when it comes to sniffing
0: out out of tune vocals <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Out-of-tune guitars yep. and play. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is I think I'm great with it being live, as long as it sounds good. I mean, for me, yeah. if 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 I'm going to experience it at home, I would rather have it sound and look really good, and the church be o- be open with the fact that this isn't live. I mean, I don't, I don't care if it's live. Nothing else I watch is live, except sports, so... You know I, I i tend to side toward the you know more polished just because i want the mix to sound really good if you can accomplish that in a live stream awesome let's do that but you know we it's funny confession time so we've got our daughter involved <laughs> in the student ministry um in our local church and we're a part of a community group in the local church but for me on sunday morning i watch north point online because that's the church we were in in atlanta and i Love the product that they're putting out in terms of their just weekly service. And part of it is because of how great it sounds and how great it looks. And so, yes, I'm involved in my local church, but on Sunday morning, if I'm going to watch something online, I'm going to go to what's most engaging to me. And so, there is a bit of a disconnect, like, why aren't you watching your local church? Well, I do, but I'm also watching, you know, the church that connects with me in terms of the experience. So, I don't know maybe that's yeah and we're the same way and we people, actually but. still
2: give to both <laughs> like we just so yeah. it's like because you feel that connection to the church then you bought into the mission right and so it's like yeah we're the same way and I'll podcast my local church later you know and stuff like that yeah. but um, yeah generally won't yeah we watch
0: like if we watch yeah. the teaching from our local church and right. we love the pastor and his teaching is great but when it comes to worship I'm gonna I'm gonna engage with my friends at North Point and it's awesome and and we still give to them yeah. too so it's 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 a tension, but it's. Right. I think it's a great opportunity, though, too, because we have access to all these things. You mm-hmm. know, if if the guys at Transformation and Elevation and North Point and all those places are crushing it, great. We can watch them and be involved in our local church. So, right.
2: yeah, for the small church too, you know, that that tries to, you know, they see like we have churches on demos all the time, and they're like, I want to do what Life Church or Bayside or Elevation or whatever is doing, right? Um, And it's and that's most of the time probably a really good thing, but they're they're able to be a huge media company and leverage the resources of that and the knowledge and the trending things on YouTube. You know, if you, if you stream on YouTube and send your church there, they're just going to see elevation (laughs) Um, or send your audience there. Right. And they're going to elevation. Um, They are right. It's on the sidebar now playing, you know, trending, whatever. And so if you're big enough, absolutely. But that's just going to hurt you if you're smaller. And the reality is, is like, like what this local church here did that's leveraged their resources really, really well. They just did only church online platform one time on Sunday you can't get the message until it's podcasted like three days later. Um, and what that did in the beginning, they lost a ton of the huge hurrah, right? Like they didn't get the 300,000. Right? right. Um, and you guys are probably a big enough church, where that was a good thing for you to do anyway. And they, they're not, but strategically it played out really well for them because now they don't have less people watching. Um, and they built it around things that you do with your family. So, Hey, if your kids right now do this, if you're adults right now, do this in the room, if you're single, um, text this, you know, whatever. And they had all those kind of if thens and they had experiences for you to do at home, like, Mm -hmm. like make sure before the service you come with, you know, bread and wine or whatever it is. Right. Um, and we're going to lead you in this experience or whatever. And they only did it at that one time. So it created scarcity in a way where it stuck, you know, so now people, it built a habit. Now people are doing the same thing to the degree where they were. Right. Um, if you want to watch it, you got to be there at that time. Right. Um, Versus the, the churches that, Hey, it's out everywhere. You can get it anywhere. I don't know if that's necessarily a better strategy for a smaller church. What I mean by smaller is, you know, the, the church of the 20 or the church of the 2000, probably anywhere in that, yeah. you know, you're not going to get the benefits of social media. Right. Right. Um, but you're not going to get the benefits of, you know, just posting your sermon and just people watching whenever, right? Because you can watch North Point, you can podcast North Point's message, right? podcast Craig Rochelle, right? You can podcast whatever else, Stephen Furtick. And so creating experience for their family that builds community, I think might be the priority there, you know, and that worked really well for this church. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: interesting. I didn't think about that. Like posting even on Facebook, for sure, YouTube, because of the algorithm, they're also being shown because YouTube's saying, oh, but well, if you like this church, you'll also like Elevation. Yeah. And then it's yeah. like, wow, Elevations worships a lot better than our church. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: And they're funnier. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: they have really great hosts that make me laugh. Yeah. Um, and my kids laugh,
1: you know, more importantly, probably, right? Yeah. yeah. And your kids don't care. They'll be like, I want to watch Chris Brown sing, he's better than our guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll just say it. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're lucky we're not pastors. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been so great and really helpful. I mean, I think, you know, the the fact that you guys are digging in and looking at the data and really trying to unpack this and figure out how to take best steps forward and make great recommendations and give great advice is, you know, so awesome and I just love the way you guys serve the the church at large in doing that. So, for people who have been living under a rock, what's the best way to connect with what you guys are doing if somebody says man i've got a lot of streaming questions and i need some advice what's the what's the best way to connect with resi
2: yeah resi.io is our website so resi.io right now if you search resi we're still not number one uh, because we just changed our name so if you search resi streaming or resi media or resi whatever anything related to video it'll get you there um yeah we're happy to be helpful we we do demos that um don't try to sell you that just tell you the strategy and so even if you're like I'm doing OBS I don't care um, then it still can be helpful to you yep. and we want to awesome. support that strategy too the person doing the free thing is great too that's so, awesome yeah and same thing with we we send so many people to MXU just because it, it so matters for stream retention again I've said it again and again but to get your audio right on your stream you know it matters so much more than the cameras that you have or how many cameras you have spending more money on audio and having one camera right and doing good audio training it's gonna impact more people watching over time so much more you know um, than anything that you can do video related so you know. glad we
1: recorded that thanks uh, yeah thanks <laughs> for that little nugget yeah. <laughs> but
2: yeah no it's it's really true and we say that out of you know the pain of our churches that we're supporting calling us and saying my audio sounds like crap and we're like MXU <laughs> you know like here's yeah they know it better than us that's so, yeah. awesome I love it
1: yeah. well cool man well thanks a lot for joining us um, the next uh, global pandemic we'll be sure to give you a call and have you back on yeah Thanks, Lee. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Six months will be pretty interesting. I'll think about those stats and we'll, we can talk about some cool numbers. I, too, I would
1: love to know um, about the eighty-twenty. which one performed better.
2: Yeah, I'll figure that okay. out. Okay. Yeah,
1: I'm interested too. Send an intern to yeah, figure that that'd out. That'd be a cool article. Yeah.
2: Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my dog, hopefully. Yeah. Just All right. See you guys. Right. Have an awesome day. Thanks, Thanks so much, again, for the time. Thanks
0: again, Colin. All right. Bye. Bye.